everybody. It is Matt Kenyon, and you are listening to episode 18 of Composer Code. You know Composer Code, the podcast where I interview amazing, talented video game composers from across the world on how to be successful making music and maybe even making money in the world of video game audio. What a thought, right? Today's guest is Kaisa Larson, a composer with a very unique style who actually founded a game company called Forgotten Key with her friends from university, which is super dope. She approaches video game composition in a really refreshing and different way. We come from similar backgrounds and have similar influences, and so we geek out on a lot of non-video game artists, which I highly recommend everyone checking out because they're fantastic. She's got some, like I said, really cool and different approaches to scoring games, one of which includes a banjo and some really crazy time stretching that you are just not going to want to miss. So without further ado... Please enjoy my conversation with Kaisa Larson. Yeah, so I think I have a, like a very different background than most composers because I grew up in a small Swedish village. There wasn't like there wasn't like a, a gaming scene or anything like that. So I, you know, I never even touched like a Nintendo console when I was a kid. I never played Super Smash or any of those kinds of games so um like the reason why i started in game i played games when i was a kid but i mainly like uh when uh, me and my sister we'd go to the local supermarket like a couple of kilometers away and we'd uh and we'd uh check the clearance sale on whatever games was available there <laughs> so uh the reason i got into game music is mainly because I, I just really love music and uh, so I wanted to make music and I started studied started studied the game I studied audio production in general and I met some really cool people um, when I was studying and we decided to make a game company together so that's basically how I got into games because like I said, I don't have a massive game background in any way, but I, but right around the time we started uh, set, setting up the game, doing game projects together, I discovered that I really, really do love games. And because around that time I was playing Bastion and I was playing Sword and Sorcery EP and I was playing Machinarium and all those kinds of lovely indie games that really inspired me to do game audio your uh, your style is very um atmospheric uh you know there's definitely a lot of ambient qualities also with some some nice strong melodies thrown in there any sort of non-game uh musicians that you were listening to that kind of helped you develop your style as you were growing up and learning yeah i mean uh, there's a lot of um for air i think there was a lot of ambient um musicians that were a big insp inspiration like I don't know if you've heard of like Hammock or um, Helios um, uh, I have not but I'm going to check them out <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so for Air I mean in the beginning I wanted to make uh, a very electro uh, synthy pop uh, pop type of sound 
our process was like we wanted to um, incorporate everybody's thoughts and some people on the team didn't really feel like that was the right style for the project and so i just got just started like trying to incorporate some folksy uh, acoustic guitar and banjo and that type of style That's really, and the inspiration for that, I think, was Freelance Wheels, if you've heard of them. It's kind of a pop, I have heard of them. I'm gonna check them out some more. (laughs) Yeah, and Peter Broderick, and also Rian Sheehan was a big, yeah, so pretty much a bunch of, like, just ambient, ambient style stuff. Also, like, Alluvium. So yeah, I'm pretty much all over the place when it comes to uh, when it comes to that uh, with artists. I'm just grabbing from everywhere, basically. Yeah, no, that's really cool because um, I think in my experience, I don't know if you've experienced this, but on the people that I've interviewed on the show, they usually come from two backgrounds. They either come from the jazz uh, background or they come from classical. And I am very refreshed to hear that you like some of these more modern and pop bands because I was not trained in music and I came from loving the Beatles and the Shins and like indie rock groups and um uh like Seeger Rose another band yeah. that, that kind of sounds like some of your stuff you know stuff like that like that's what I grew up on so it's cool to hear that you like some of these other these other bands and that they that you drew influence from them I don't really have like a classical background or anything I don't I didn't study music particularly I set a learned to do music by sitting down and playing like iron and wine songs on my guitar (laughs) Uh, game music has become more of what i enjoy doing and what i like in general so i don't have like that classical piano background that most people a lot of people seem to have i'm curious about your um I'm curious about how you guys started a game company because you talked about how, you know, in Sweden there wasn't a lot of opportunity. What was that like? What was that journey like meeting them and and deciding to to start a company? Because that sounds like a a, a huge challenge. Yeah, so I went to, um, I started uh, university. I started, studied um, digital audio production at um, Liking Institute of Technology here in Kalsan, where I live. And uh, they have uh, several other uh, more game-related game-related educations. And uh, so my co-founders of Forgotten Key, they studied uh, digital um, games productions. Uh, So that's basically how we met. We, uh, during our first year, we, uh, we we're gonna make like an a project together because school said like you have to work with some uh, games people and they said to the games people they said you have to work with someone from the audio um audio um program and uh, then we just ended up hitting it off like we were uh, and we made games together and then we 
won a local competition that said, okay, you'll get uh, around $5,000 or 50,000 Swedish krona uh, if you start a company and release uh, a small game. So we, uh, yeah, we released a small game called uh, The Shine of a Star. It was like a very small point and click adventure and we started at Forgotten Key. So that's pretty much our background. So we met in school. I think your experience is very valuable because a lot of composers that I talk to, they sort of compose, you know, music by themselves without any collaboration. But I think one of the most valuable skills is learning how to collaborate with developers and capture the creative vision of a team, you know, because it's, it's always more challenging to work on a team because you have to sort of, um, you have to sort of bow the knee to certain creative decisions. Do you have any advice or stories or maybe helpful tips for composers on how to best interact with developers on a team? Oh, I, that's a difficult question because I, it depends so much on who you're working with. Um, but I guess like try to incorporate them into your process. I feel like a lot of developers don't know a lot about music making and uh, like really try to like incorporate them into, okay, this kind of music I feel fits the game. What do you feel fit the game? And like trying to compromise with uh, with them and also like to use to try not to use so much like composer lingo or anything like that but just that's, that's try to be as approachable as possible because uh, I mean a lot of people get really put off if you you're starting to <laughs> talk in very difficult terms or anything like that yeah and also like um, I feel it's important to uh, uh, to respect what the developer is thinking like don't be don't feel like you're you're that no just because you're the music person that your opinion is valued above theirs because in the end i guess it's valued just as much um so um i mean it's uh, definitely and also like but also on the other hand don't take if if it's a difficult person to work with, don't be too bitter. I mean, it goes both ways, I guess. Um, when you were working on some of these games with Forgotten Key, um, like uh, you mentioned at the at the start at the start of the show before we before I hit record, that you enjoyed hearing about the different workflows of different composers. Um, I'd love to just give you a chance to describe your workflow, where you start, how you usually start a song. Yeah, so I was very much involved from the very get-go with every project that we made. So I was in design meetings. I was talking to talking to mainly the designers or the designer in that case, in the case of Air, and we together we tried to like make a Spotify playlist of okay, what we felt what of what we could like in what direction we want to take the music. And, uh, and from there, I started to make uh, make small concepts, like usually only fifteen to twenty seconds long, in order to like grasp. Okay, how how do we feel about this? How do we feel about that? And how do we feel about that? And then, if we uh, encounter a concept that we really like, I make that into a 
longer concept, usually about like a minute and minute and a half long. And then if we still enjoy that, we, I make it into a full track and we usually use that for like a demo or a trailer or anything like that. Like if, if I ever get stuck, I can always look at that playlist and I can take inspiration from there. Uh, so that's really helpful to me as I'm composing as well, not only in the beginning, but during the actual creation of the music as well. When you were creating these demos, um, I'd love to just get geeky for a second and talk about maybe some of the tools that you used, what DAW you like using, if you want to maybe yeah. talk a little bit about some of the technical process that you use. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I work mainly in Pro Tools just because it's what I know. <laughs> I mean, if, if I knew something else, I would probably work in something else because I feel like Pro Tools is not always working with me. It's, sometimes it can be like really working against what I'm trying to do, but it does the work and it, uh, it, I know it. It's everything I've done has basically been a very low budget project. So I use a lot of plugins and also like I have a cheap condenser mic that I use to record my banjo and my guitar, which is also like I have a relatively cheap guitar. I have a relatively cheap banjo and stuff like that. And for, on the plugin side, because I work in a very in an environment that isn't necessarily suited for audio. Uh, it's I use isotope denoiser a lot. Like that's basically on everything I record, I try to denoise it as much as I can just to get like the background noise away. And I also use like for synths and stuff like that, I use massive because I feel like it's very easy and accessible. I love massive. And uh, for effects and stuff like that, I use Soundtoys. <laughs> Pretty much every plugin they make is uh, amazing. And all over, like the Air soundtrack and stuff like that, you can hear Decapitator and Crystallizer and Echo Boy and uh, Microshift. And I just love Soundtoys. They're awesome. And uh, for, I think, Omnisphere is great as well, like for soundscapes and for just in general instrument stuff. I use Amplitude for electric guitars, uh, but yeah, I have a real life amp that I use uh, also, but I feel like Amplitude gives me more to work with because uh, like the amp is pretty old and it doesn't always give me the result that I want. So Amplitude is a great alternative. And also for, for the last year or so i've been really using valhalla vintage reverb on everything like i love that reverb it's so great something that i used like a lot on the air soundtrack is uh, i don't know if you've ever used it but it's called paul's extreme sound stretch no i've never even heard of it okay because uh, like a few years ago on youtube everybody was making like um justin bieber stretched like 400 times oh yes i've heard that yeah it sounds like this trippy crazy like soundscape like justin bieber at like 3000 or 300 percent slower or something yeah so that's the they usually used paul's extreme sound stretch to stretch it and it's a freeware program that i used extensively on the air soundtrack 
That's really cool. So, so like what kind of stuff would you stretch? A lot of electric guitars, uh, usually. Yeah. So the air soundtrack is uh, riddled with electric guitars. I put electric guitars everywhere. It's usually they're either stretched or I use a volume pedal to remove the attack or so you usually don't get like the normal electric guitar sound where I use an Evo as well. That is really cool. Yeah, I hear a lot of that kind of stuff on like Sigaros. Like they do that a lot and I love it. Yeah, I think it's great as well. I mean, Sigaros basically inspired me to get like the Evo. I think they use it and they also use like their the whole uh, like real bow on the guitar, with, which I haven't tried. But when they do it, it's like, yeah, actually I tried it, but it didn't work out. <laughs> so I just gave up on that straight away. But the Ebo is really cool. What What is an Ebo? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's basically like this small, uh, small thing that oh, runs on batteries and it's like sends out like some kind of pulse to get your... Uh, guitar string to vibrate it's crazy yeah it's re- it's amazing and you can use it you can use it on like electric guitar but it also works on like acoustic guitar or banjo and pretty much everything so i use it a lot on a lot of different stuff so um do you ever start a song on the banjo like how how does it work like when you're coming up with ideas i know like that's like the worst question to ask a creative. Like, where do you get your ideas? You know, but like, cause yeah. you know, obviously you get them from everywhere, but is there a space or a time or sort of a, like whether you're in your office or out on the go that you usually come up with, with song ideas and then how do you sort, how do you sort of grow them? Yeah, I, it's different. Obviously it's going to be different every time to some extent. Uh, but like you asked if there was a time I used a banjo to, um, to start a song and actually, um, I one for one of the tracks of air, I started, it's called homes. The first thing you hear when you start flying, uh, I used like the banjo to just pluck, uh, like one note and I played played that for like on a Pro Tools track for and for like two minutes and then I grabbed another track and I played another note for like three minutes or two minutes uh, and then I grabbed another one and I just put them together and I blasted it with reverb and delay to make it like this ambient banjo soundscape in the background and then I used that to create like uh, create to write melodies on top of that. So I that's pretty much how I like to start tracks. I think I love to like start with um, a sound or like a, a texture or like a soundscape, or, and then write on top of that. And so cool. Thank you. <laughs> I did that a bunch and but a lot of times I just sat by my guitar and it, like plucking away it's 
songs. Uh, so that I did that. I do that a bunch. But I also like I like to just start with a synth patch or synth pad and just write from there. So it's I I start in very different differently every time to just find something that I like and when I like it I go from there. So cool, and I'm smiling as you talk about that because um, almost everyone that I talk to. Um, and there's nothing wrong with this, of course. We'll say like, oh, well, you know, I start with chords, you know, yeah. on a piano, or I start with uh, some sort of music theory structure. But mm. I just love how you're like, well, I start by plucking a banjo note and then expanding it out to two minutes, putting reverb on it, and then writing melodies over it. I, mean, I just think that's that's so cool. Thank you. Uh, also, I... Wait, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, I usually never start with... Uh, like chords on a piano, that type of thing, because I'm I get like I feel like I I need to um, I want to find something that inspires me almost like I want things to sound good from the very get go, <laughs> like I want and that like usually chords on a piano is it works. I mean I could I could totally do it. I do it sometimes, but usually I. I need something more than that. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I I think the the common way to do it, which is definitely not necessarily the best, is to be like, okay, just get the skeleton down on piano. But I mm. definitely think there's something to be said about being inspired by the actual sound of it, you know, mm. from the get go, like an actual sound inspiring you, whether that's a like a banjo note plucked and, sh and, and stretched or uh, the Paul's super stretching tool, <laughs> whatever it's called, I forget what it's called, uh, stretching a piece out. You know what I mean? I think that's there's definitely something to be said about sort of like inspiring and motivating yourself from the sound. Mm, yeah, I, I think that's the way I've been composing, but I also think I should really get more like, I think I should probably start by like, grabbing some chords and see where it get, takes me like if I could somehow combine that just to do things a little differently sometimes so yeah there's definitely something to be learned for both ways to compose I think so I know that you're kind of in a unique context you know that you're in Sweden and uh, you know obviously the culture in games like the game culture there is different um, but do you have any advice or tips for composers who maybe are just starting out or are sort of doing this as a hobby but want to make it professional they want to make money or they want to make this their job do you have any maybe advice and this can be uh, just communication advice this could be you know really anything you can offer for people who might want to sort of make a living in this space? Yeah, I I think my my tips are probably going to be like similar to everybody else's, but it's a lot about who you know and who you meet and that kind of stuff. Like, so I would say it's necessary to either like, either you can do what I did. I, I attended school and therefore I met uh met some people and or you can go to events and hang out with people and or like I mean there's a lot of inter internet like you can groups and stuff on Facebook like it's 
a lot of times it's more about who you um who you know and who you talk to and who I mean, if you want to do cool projects, you should probably try to make your music sound cool as well. It's not always the case. Like, it, I think a lot of times it's more about, like, getting to know the people who make stuff than it is to uh, actually make cool music. It's very much about getting to know developers, especially if you want to make indie stuff. Or maybe even, like, even if you want to make AAA stuff, like, it's... I, I mean, the whole composer business is so much based like uh, around uh, freelance. So it's almost always based on who you meet and who you know. But it, it, I mean, you could also like, I think, get somehow famous for doing music and then people will approach you. But I think that's that's a very other kind of way to do it. Sure, and that's sure. very difficult in and out of itself. This can be in video games or outside of video games, but what are some things that you're listening to right now that are inspiring you? I really, uh, so it's mainly outside of video games, uh, but I really love uh, Billie Eilish, if you've heard of her. Billie Eilish? Yeah, she released, uh, she's a pop singer. Uh, like She's like 15 or 16 years old, and she does these kind of alternative pop stuff. It's really cool awesome okay i will definitely yeah. check that out i got I'm, I'm writing down a list of things to check out today while i work <laughs> yeah and also like i'm always listening to sufian stevens because nice. his entire uh, discography is great and um when it comes to games i the undertale score also uh yeah and uh I'm also always listening to uh, Kate Bush. Oh, I love Kate Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I used She's to listen great. to her all the time in college. And so whenever I hear her, I always think of college. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, so amazing, like how her songs still feel so relevant, like uh, from every, like from production aspects to, uh, it's, it's She's really, her Accounts of Love, the album, just feels so uh, ageless in a way. Yeah. You know, I feel like you would really like Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I can hear that, that name being passed around a lot. Does she, did she work with Bright Eyes, Connor Overs yes. right now? Yes. Uh, yeah. they, they did a song together. So her album... Uh, let me let me get the name for you here. Stranger in the Alps. It was released mm -hmm. in 2017. Is so good. It it was one of those albums that like sometimes I encounter an album in my life where I'm just like, okay, my heart belongs to this album for like the next six months. Like I can't listen to anything else. And from yeah. start to finish, the album is is it's like. I mean, it's just like any good folk album. Like, it's agonizing. It's amazing. You, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll probably cry. It's just, it's really, really good. And I had the same, I don't know how you felt about this album, but I thought Carrie and Lowell from Sufjan yeah. Stevens. Oh, yeah, oh. that's that's his best album by far. Like, that, oh. that, that just hit, hits me right in the head and like... <laughs> oh, that <laughs> album, like, broke me oh my gosh that album is unreal so 
it, I, yeah, I don't know why we do this to ourselves because because most of the time yeah. it's so sad, you know, but it's like yeah, it's definitely. so powerful and and also just really, really fun to listen to. Um, but heart wrenching at the same time. It's just so good. It's so good. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check out check out Phoebe Bridgers. If you liked that Sufjan Stevens album, you'll definitely mm. like her stuff. Yeah. I'm- Definitely going to check it out. When you sort of think about your future creative goals, you know, what are some things that as a composer and as a creative that you would like to accomplish, you know, in the future, in the next year, five years, 10 years? I really just want to make cool uh, music for cool games. I think that would just doing that would be enough. I also want to like make like I have never made like a record on my own. So that would be amazing as well to like, just be unbound by a prod, another project or by somebody else's uh, decisions and just uh, do whatever I want with music. Cause whenever I make a song, I'm just like, Oh, this was cool. I'm now going to make another song and it has no relevance to <laughs> the other song. Mm-hmm. So like try and make a cohesive album would definitely be a, it's definitely something I want to make. Kaiser, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Uh, I think there's just a lot of really cool insights that you've shared about your process and loved hearing about your influences and your journey and also just geeking out on some awesome non-video game music. So thanks again uh, for joining. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been, it was really, I was super happy when you reached out. It's uh, great to be able to speak about what I do, like to be nerdy with somebody else. <laughs> it's great. so much for listening to this episode of Composer Code and thank you Kaiza for taking the time out to speak with me. If you'd like to hire Kaiza for your next game or hear more of her work, links to her website and SoundCloud and all the places where you can contact her and hear her stuff are in the description. Her music is really great to work to, I find. It just really puts me in a flow state. A huge thank you to my patrons over at Patreon who help support the show and relieve some of the burden of hosting costs and boring website stuff. And I mean, all that goes a really long way just to know that there are people out there who are willing to really, you know, put their hard earned cash toward this kind of content. Even if it's just a dollar, I really appreciate it. So I just want to take this time to give a shout out to everyone on my Patreon Ben, Derek, Donna Trello, Kanoa, Miguel, Namurator, Rauvin or Reuven, Scott, William, Wolfgang, Zomka. You guys are awesome. Um, Yeah, you guys are awesome. If you're interested in supporting content like this uh, and more in the future, definitely check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash composer code. And thanks for listening.